As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We are not a podcast. We are a community. Remember, your past does not dictate your future. You determine your success. Without further ado, let's get to it. What's up, what's up? We're back in the building. Special guest today, Dr. Harris. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad uh, DeMichael and Brandon are here to join me today. This is going to be a good one. So I came across your your IG page and your podcast. You have a, a pretty much like a health and wellness podcast. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the name. I think I wrote it down. Great Health Podcast, right? Yeah, Strive for Great Health Podcast. Strive for Great Health Podcast. I love it. Obviously, like our podcast is is pretty much we talk a lot about mental, physical health, and then you know it can we can take off from there. But just that one little section really caught my eye, and so I was like, I definitely want to have a conversation with the doc and and see, you know, just get some mindset from you, but. Before we really dive into that, I just want to get to know who you are. Like, who is Dr. Harris, and 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 how are we here today? Sure, and and call me Richard, please. I always tell people <laughs> a, a doctor is a title; it's not who I am. Gotcha. And uh, I actually get away from it. I want people to realize that I'm a person just like anybody else, and I'm going through my own health struggles and my own wellness journey, just like anybody else is going through their own health struggles and wellness journey, and. I think the old archetype of the doctor in the white coat towering over you, do as I say, and if you don't do what I say, you're going to die, and it's your fault if things go bad. I don't, I don't like that archetype, so I don't even wear my white coat. Wow. And I just look at it more as like a client-type relationship where I'm here to serve you, and I'm going to do my best to serve you. And so that can just tell you a little bit about who I am and my mentality and, and how I approach uh, being a physician but my story is kind of all over the place. You know, I originally wanted to be a biomedical physicist. I wanted to make prosthetics. Okay. And that's what I wanted to do when I got into college. Took two years of, of physics and math classes. I also took biochemistry and classes as well. Realized that I love physics. I hated math. Okay. Absolutely hated Took differential equations and I was like, nope, I'm out. I, <laughs> this is, yeah, I can't do this. It switched over into biochem and love learning about the human body and the the cells and the processes that make us all us. And that's what really started my journey through pharmacy school, the medical school, my MBA, and then now doing what I do now, which is trying to help people live healthy. I love that. I love that. And you have a UH shirt on. I'm assuming you went to University of Houston. Yeah, I went to University of Texas for pharmacy school and medical school. And then I went to the University of Houston for my MBA. There we go. Okay. And you're originally from Texas? I assume? Originally, no. Okay. I moved here when I was 13. My dad got a job working for Compaq. If anybody out there remembers Compaq, not sure how old your <laughs> yeah. listeners are, but that's when I moved here. I was originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Very nice. So moving from the cold to Texas, that is a, uh, that's a culture shock. And it, it all in like all together besides like the weather, but just a culture shock. Big time. So we moved here in, let's see, what what year was that? That was 1996. It was right after the Rockets had won the championship. So I missed all that goodness. All right. And 
it was a huge culture shock because I came from a place where everything was pop. And then I got made fun of ruthlessly for that. The clothes were completely different. I didn't have any summer clothing really that, that you would normally associate with this. I was not ready for the hundred plus summers. Gotcha. Like you just walk outside and you just drenched in sweat immediately. So it was, it was a big, big culture shock, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me moving to Texas. Yeah. So I'm originally from San Angelo, Texas. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. So mm-hmm. we're yet yeah, West Texas, small town, nothing like the city of Houston. You know, I've been to Houston once or twice in my, in my time, but always had a good time. But yeah, so are you, is your practice, I assume, is in the Houston area now? Yeah, it is. So it's actually online. So I had a physical location. Okay. And I realized that I could lower my prices and serve more people if I got rid of my physical location. And at the same time, I was busy with our educational consulting company. So I would go to the office, go take a meeting, come back to the office, run out, take another meeting, run home, eat. And I was just doing this, you know, Texas two-step kind of thing. And I said, wait a minute. Everything I'm doing in the office, I can do from home. So I put my medical devices in the spa. I contracted those out uh, where I'm just leasing my medical devices. And I started performing services online. And telemedicine is growing so much that people are now accustomed to doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, we are. um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure all three of us have used, I think, the the, uh, speak to your doctor on your phone type thing once or twice. I know I have last year used it at least three times because I got sick with COVID, unfortunately, but I know I've used it. Michael, have you used that before? You or, or Brandon? I, I have not. I have not, but I do know I've seen, uh, I think I think it's, it's something that this dude and his dad have made. I saw it on, on a commercial. What was it called? You probably don't talk about it. It's like white and blue. I'm going to have to Google it now, but they, they, they made this service where you communicate with your doctors through an application. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know I use that through like my Novant here in Charlotte. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's different platforms for that. Brandon, have you used that before? Yeah, I've used, I think it was called Teladoc, I believe is, is what the one I'm familiar with as far as uh, what's been available through, through work and the company and stuff like that, just to get mostly just for like quick questions or anything, if it was um, something I was curious about. Yeah. That's been a huge bonus, I'm sure, to your industry, but to us as users as well. Like we don't we don't have to go in anymore, which is nice, saves us some time. Yeah, absolutely. And and it makes things more efficient. You know, sometimes people would have to schedule an appointment for something that could be done in five seconds mm-hmm. or, or a quick question or a refill or something like that. And it, it just is so much more efficient for people. It gets people to get follow-up. And you know, a lot of times people are busy, you know, they can routinely schedule an entire day or so to go visit the doctor, then go get lab work, then go to the pharmacy. Now it's a lost day of work. And you know, not everyone has sick leave or or those privileges where they can do that. And so now they can, you know, they can be at work and quickly boom, boom, boom. Oh, I got to see my doctor real quick or when they get home or something like that. So it's here to stay. The federal regulations need to be expanded a little bit. They haven't quite caught up to what we can do. And then you also have to look at changing some of the regulations where, you know, if I'm licensed in Texas, I can't, well, now I can because of COVID emergency laws, but normally I couldn't see someone who's in Chicago because I'm licensed in Texas, even though that makes no sense. Their medication is the same as my medication. Right. Right. So 
they're working on changing that to get access because there's a massive physician shortage. And that's one of the ways that you can help alleviate some of that burden in underserved areas. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's, um, it's unfortunate that COVID had to, to kind of open the, the lid on that. Right. But, um, it's good that we're moving in the right direction for that. Absolutely. I'm a huge fan of, of leveraging technology inside of medicine. And, you know, a lot of our systems are legacy systems and dinosaur systems and, there's a lot of disruption that's going on, bringing technology into healthcare to make everyone's life better. Yeah. Taking a turn here, we're going to go back to the Strive for Greatness podcast. So obviously, we know you talk about mental, physical health. But what does great health mean to you? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So the original name of my business was Salutum Magnum. And that's like what my business is actually named. And, you know, I do a DBA under great health and wellness. But Salutum Magnum literally means great health. And I thought of people, what is great health when I thought of people? I thought it's not enough to be well. Because when you think of what's well, you think of the opposite of sick. And I don't want people to just be well. You know, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm, I'm well. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't sound ideal, but if you talk to someone and say, how are you doing today, man? Oh man, I'm great. There, you can see there's a difference in the, in the mood and how they're feeling and the energy that person's projecting off of them. And that's contagious. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted everyone to go beyond wellness to actual great health to where they're feeling energized every day. Their mental health is on point. Their, their cognition is sharp. They feel loved. They feel cared for. They feel embraced. And all of this is involved with great health. We have a good relationship with food. We have a good relationship with exercise. These are all things that are important to go beyond wellness into what is actually what we really want. We don't really want to be well. We all want to feel fantastic. We all want to Absolutely. feel great. Absolutely. I mean, that's the whole point of try, you know, eating healthy, working out. I can attest to this. I know Brandon and DeMichael can as well. And, and it, really says something for your for your mental health when you're taking care of your body and you and you put those those right habits behind eating and exercise. Brandon, I think you had something. Yeah, I mean, I would agree, Richard. I'm very like routine driven and uh, eating healthy and everything like that. And always um, on the spiritual side as well. And I believe it's almost like a trifecta of like spiritual health, um, your physical health, and then obviously your mental health as well. And it, it is a daily fight to from the mental and spiritual standpoint to be cognizant of what's you're putting in and what you're going to get out and being able to stay in that positive arena, because obviously that dictates how your day is going to flow. And like you said, that's a great example. It's so minuscule this example, but it's a great example is uh, how are you feeling today? If someone's going to respond, I'm feeling great. Like how about yourself rather than, Oh man, today has been uh, long or something like that. It's completely different options of spectrum. Um, if you can kind of train yourself to think and speak that way, uh, as yes, the day is going great. It's going to transcend into everything else that you're doing, whether it's work or at home or something you're creating. And it just, it works itself out to be part of you rather than you just kind of being on the negative aspect, just because that's what you're used to. Yeah, absolutely. D, did you have something? No, I mean, I, I agree. Everybody's saying from that standpoint, I think more to add to that. Cool, cool. Yeah. So I would say like, what is one of the top practices while you're taking care of yourself as well, like, and trying to take care of your patients? Like, what is some of the top things that you do to make sure that you're performing at your peak at all times? 
Sure. And, and that is something that's very important to me because there are people who literally put their lives in my hands. And so it is a, an honor for that, that have that kind of respect. It is a heavy burden. And anyone who says it's not is lying to you. It, it's a heavy burden. And because of that, I feel like I constantly need to be my best. I need to always be at my best. And if I always need to be at my best, that means I need to be, as your podcast name suggests, I need to be sharp all the time. And therefore, I always need to be investing in myself. And so how do I invest in myself? The best way I started this process and the best way I get my clients to buy into this process is two things that you can start doing today that cost you absolutely nothing, no monetary costs, that have high upside. And what are those two things? Meditation and fasting. They're two things that anybody can start doing at any time that cost you absolutely nothing. It doesn't cost you anything to skip a meal. That's true. It doesn't cost you anything. It costs you zero. In yeah. fact, it's going to save you some money. And then meditation, you know, people think meditation has to be, you sit there for 30 minutes in a dark room and turn the lights off and shut your brain off. That's not what meditation is. Meditation could be becoming more aware of your breathing, becoming more aware of your heartbeat, becoming aware of the thoughts and sensations that come into your head. There's a million different ways that you can meditate or be mindful. It could be a walk in the park where you're just listening to the sounds of nature. All of that is so important to our overall health. If you want to look at the, the data on meditation, what is it, the benefits? Improved cognition, improved memory, decreased stress, improved sleep. And that's just to name a few of the benefits. Same thing with fasting. What has fasting been shown to do? Improve our cholesterol, improve our blood sugars, help with a healthy body weight, help with willpower. And that's the thing that people don't talk about enough with fasting because fasting is something that goes against everything we've been marketed to to do. We are marketed to to eat six times a day. We're marketed to to, to constantly have food around us Absolutely. and constantly be eating. And so it goes against what is the natural order of what you've been taught ever since you were a kid. And if you want to boost your willpower, willpower is a muscle. One of the best ways you can flex your willpower muscle, fast. And you'll start to see that that translates to other parts of your life. So that's typically what is a, a cornerstone of my routine. And typically when, I, when people come to me and say, hey, how can I improve my health? Those are the two things I get them to buy into first. Got you. And I'm glad you mentioned intermittent fasting. How long have you been, been fasting for? Let's see. I've been doing it for about four years now. And even me as a physician, this is something that I fell into that typical trap. I was a powerlifter in college. Okay. You know, so I fell into that trap of, oh, I need to eat six times a day. And, you know, I got to get my carbs, got to have my carbs, 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 carbs. And then I actually looked at the data. And I was like, wait a minute, there's no data whatsoever that says that you need carbs for muscle growth. There's no data that says I need to eat six times a day. I was like, where did this come from? Bro science. That's, that's where it came from. You know, one of my mentors is a guy, he's in his late 40s. He was number three in the world in the CrossFit games in his age division. Okay. Guy front squats 440 pounds in his late 40s. He's an absolute monster. He eats keto and eats once a day. Wow. Yeah. So That's crazy. He eats one time a day and he works mm-hmm. out. Like, mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And he's, he's a monster. I mean, he can still front squat 440 pounds. I mean, it, it, it's insane. He was a wide receiver for Kansas back in the day. I mean, the guy is an incredible athlete. And, and his whole goal with what he's doing now is to show people, listen, you don't have to eat all these carbs because if you're eating all these carbs, 
you're going to get insulin resistant. You're going to get diabetes. And then he's going to show you that you don't have to eat all the time. As long as you're not in a caloric deficit, you'll still maintain your muscle. And so he's done this for years now. And he still maintained his muscle mass, still maintained his strength, just to show people what the data actually shows. And, and that's what the science shows. Unfortunately, there's a lot of bro science out there that says, you know, I have to do what Mr. Olympia is doing to train. Mr. Olympia is training for Mr. Olympia. Right. Mr. Olympia is not training to be you where you're sitting at a desk all day, right? Going to the gym for 45 minutes. Thank you. So you don't need to be doing <laughs> what Mr. Olympia is doing. Oh, man. I know Brandon has something. So I, I've been fasting uh, for probably six months now from when I wake up and I usually work out in the mornings, probably about 730 and I'll do some strength interval training for about an hour and then I'll fast and usually I'll see maybe fruits and nuts um, up until noon and then I'll have a, a smaller meal. And like to me, meal size doesn't really matter. It's just about like keeping your body fueled. As far as carbs, I, I think that there's a lot of BS behind that. I think you need carbs for for energy, obviously, but you need calories for energy too. Carbs can just provide it for you. So I, I agree with what you're saying 100%. I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there as far as people's eating habits and let's do a diet for this and a diet for that. And at the end of the day, it's your body. You just need to figure out what works for you. But the biggest thing is, like you said, you hit on it, is the calories. If, if you're covering, obviously, what your body is going to burn, well, if just say I lay in bed for eight hours a day. I'm probably still going to burn 1500 calories doing absolutely nothing in an eight to 12 hour period, just hanging out. So as long as you're eating to kind of cover that and cover the energy expenditure that you're going to do, I think just figure out what works for your body and go with that. I think there's a lot of BS out there in hoopla that people just gravitate towards instead of researching it for themselves. I mean, so not also, I think going back to what you said originally about the meditating piece along with fasting uh, is the overall betterment of your health when you think of it. So now, obviously, when you're eating bad, that tends to decrease your energy that you you're outputting, right? Uh, I think mindset also plays into your health as well, and eating habits, and 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 obviously meditating will help with that piece. But I think it's so many so many different layers and so many different facets that tie into overall health. It's not just one component, right? Would, would you agree with that, or would you, or would you say it's one component? Yeah, it, it, it's a collection of behaviors. I, I like it too. Okay, well, if you're going to start a business, there's a lot of things you have to do to start a business. You don't just start a business, put your website up there and, and just wait till the money rolls in, right? And it's no, there's there's things you have to do. You, you know, you have a business plan. You need to think about marketing. What's your ideal customer? What product am I starting? I mean, there's a million different things to think about when you're starting a business. There's a lot that goes into health. How are you sleeping? How are you managing your stress? What are you eating? What toxins are you exposed to in your daily life? You know, so there's a lot of different things that go into it. And that's why I have all my clients go through a wellness course before they talk with me where I spent days putting all this information together in a way that they could digest the why. Mm. Because one of the things I think that's a disservice and a lot of people do is they're like, well, here's my 30-day plan lose 15 pounds in 30 days. Cool. All right. You get the plan, you follow the plan. And then at day 30, you're like, well, now what do I do? You go back to whatever you were doing before. And that's why people yo-yo because the why wasn't taught. And so if you teach someone the why, why is it important I get seven to nine hours of sleep? Why is it important that I eat nutrient-dense foods? Why is it important that I meditate? That's when things stick. And then I don't give people a plan. I give them an outline. I say, here's your sandbox. Let's figure out 
what to put in the sandbox, what to take out of the sandbox. But you come to me with a plan and I help you tweak it. Because if you look at all this stuff I'm talking about, it's not rocket science. There's tons of people out there who have figured this stuff out on, the, on their own. Yeah. But what did they do? They did the research themselves and they came up with their own plan. So if you look at everyone who's successfully living a healthy life, they came up with their own plan that worked for their own situation. They just went somewhere else to find the information or maybe they were lucky enough to get that information themselves. I like that. I like that you give the power back to, to the client because you know now they can take responsibility in their health and then you allow them, you help them, if you will, then tweak whatever's going on. It's kind of like you have like the bird's eye view and you kind of just tell them which direction is going to take them off the cliff or which direction is going to move them in the right in the right path. So exactly. Like if, if you're looking for a guy who tells you step by step, do this, I'm not it. Yeah. You know, if you have questions about what you're doing and how you want to improve it and you really want to make your own plan, I'm the person who's going to guide you along. But I always tell people two things, and this is the key to, to health. Number one, no one else can fix your health. That's on you. It's a hundred percent on you. you that I can show you the way, but you know, I can lead a horse to water. I can't make you drink. The second thing is, and this is so important, you have to believe that you can do it. You have to believe you can heal. You have to believe that you can have great health. If you don't believe it, there's nothing anybody can do, no matter what, no matter what situation that will get you there if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't believe that you can do it. Yeah, yeah. So in your opinion, because there's a lot circulating on the internet as far as like, what's good for our health and wellness type things, a lot of myths circulating. What, in your opinion, would be like one of the biggest myths to dispel? Juicing. Okay. 100%. Yeah. 100% juicing. Most definitely. <laughs> and, it, it, and it's not that juicing is not inherently bad, right? It's just that most people do juicing completely wrong. I look at their juice and it's, you know, all fruit with no fiber, no vegetables. And then they add things like honey and sugar and, and avocado, not avocado, agave nectar and all that. I'm like, you just gave yourself a hundred gram bolus of straight sugar. And because it's in a juice, you're going to absorb it. It's going to hit your bloodstream in less than an hour and it's going to spike up your blood sugars. So juicing is not a substitute for meals. It changes the way our bodies absorb nutrients. Our ancestors didn't juice. Right. There's a whole reason that a bolus of nutrients and calories don't hit our system. Our bodies are not meant to handle that. They're not. And so I always tell people, if you're going to juice, number one, make the juice at home because you have no idea what that store is doing or, or whatnot. Most of the time, they're removing the fiber and the pulp because people don't like the sensation. But then if you take a whole bunch of sugar, because fruit has a lot of sugar, Without the fiber, that sugar that sugar gets absorbed immediately, and that's bad for your overall health. And if you're so, if you're going to juice, you need eighty percent vegetables, twenty percent fruit, and then throw in something else that also slows down that absorption. Throw in some protein, protein powder, because that slows down the absorption. Throw in good fats. You know, put some olive oil or avocado oil or coconut oil or something like that in there. And then maybe something like collagen or something like that as well. Something that your body's actually going to need to digest that's a bulking agent that slows down that absorption. So these juice cleanses and things like that, that, that people think are healthy, that's the number one thing that I think that needs to go away. 
as far as what's actually healthy. Gotcha. I think, uh, I think the boys got something. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. It's, it's funny. It's, um, a lot of it you see and not to just put bias against females, but it's like juicing is going to completely clear your body out and get you ready for that wedding or the, um, the boat trip that you're going to take just because you're, you're essentially not getting what you need for your body to, uh, to function. Like you said, and you're overloading with sugar naturally looks like quote unquote skinny for lack of better terms. And, but you're honestly either dehydrated or you're lacking the nutrients for your body to actually properly function. Um, and then as soon as you're off the, the three day to six day, whatever it is, juice cleanse, you go right back to where you were at. Um, and people expect a different result without even doing the research to just take X, Y, Z store word for it and just run with a six day cleanse without even knowing what's in there understanding what sugars are in there, understanding they said adding like a, an agent, like a, like a whey protein or something like that to, to help with the absorption. They just go ahead and, and drink the juices and think, oh, this is great for my body with, with no prior thought process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just real quick on that, on that weight too. So if you are doing weight loss strategies and not doing them with someone who knows what they're talking about, you actually harm yourself. And how you do that is you lose muscle. So if you just dramatically cut your calories or you do a juice cleanse, the scale might go down. You know, most of that's water weight. And then the second thing is you lose muscle. And this has been shown time and time again. If you are in a calorie deficit, like a juice cleanse, and you do not have adequate protein intake, you lose more muscle than fat. And that metabolically hurts you. You think you're happy because the scale's gone down, but you've literally just lost the longevity agent, what keeps you young, what keeps you strong. You've lost a lot of the the parts of your body that burn fuel in the mitochondria, they're in your muscles. So that's why I tell people that there's a lot of nuance to this. And just because juice is from fruit doesn't necessarily mean that it's the healthy way to go. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, I mean, we're throwing a lot of information at our listeners right now. Where would you say the most credible place would be to go when you're trying to like start this health journey, if you will? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of really great content creators out there who are physicians. You know, there's there's people that I learned from, Mark Hyman, Chris Kresser. They put out a lot of great stuff. Peter Atia, these are incredible physicians, incredible healers. And they put out a lot of content on social media. I would follow them. I would go to them. Dr. Axe is another one. He's a, he's a chiropractor, but he also has a lot of great information. Those are the, the four that I really like their material. I read a lot of the same studies they read, and I come to a lot of the same conclusions that they come to. And then, of course, shameless plug, my podcast covers a lot of the same material and then my wellness courses break this down for you in a way that, that's actionable. It gives you the why and then gives you action. And I think that's the way it should be. Yeah, I love that. I think anytime we're, we're providing information to people, you always want to make sure that we're providing uh, actionable steps behind the why, right? I think so often we can listen to podcasts or, or read a book or, or whatever, and sometimes it's not actually helping us identify the why behind the action steps they want us to take. And like you were saying earlier, it doesn't last, you know, eventually we're going to go back to the old habits. So I think just identifying that why before we get, we're getting started on this health and wellness journey, I think is the the biggest piece. And you have to identify your own individual why. So I always ask my clients, what do you want out of life? What's your goal? 
And a lot of them will say, okay, you know, I want to be able to run around with my grandkids. I want to be able to go hiking XYZ when I'm 70. And I say, okay, now all the decisions you make throughout the day, I want you to tell yourself or ask yourself, is this going to help me get to my goal or is it going to hurt me from getting to my goal? Because a lot of times we just kind of float through the day on autopilot. And that's why I love things like sleep journals and food journals, because I've seen it happen where people come to me with a food journal and they're like, oh my God, I ate Chick-fil-A seven times last week. I didn't even realize that I was eating Chick-fil-A that much. Or they'll say, I didn't even realize I was eating that many carbs or I wasn't getting enough protein or I wasn't getting enough fat in my nutrition plan. So our bodies are meant to float on autopilot. That's what our minds like because thinking is costly. It's very costly energetically. It's very costly. So your body's going to try to automate things. And so you have to bring the top to mind awareness, what you're doing and is it actually helping you achieve your goals? And so I've even had clients when they go to the store and they're buying stuff, they'll pick something up and they'll say out loud, is this or is this not going to help my goals? And people will kind of look at them funny. But after doing it for about two weeks, now they're going to the store on autopilot with all the healthy stuff. They've got the meals kind of round out. They've gotten their routine down. And, and so now their automation is now actually helping them after they brought to the top of awareness what they were doing before. I love that. I don't know, Brandon, like, is that something you see in with the things that you've been working on where people are able to start changing habits, like that same type of mindset? Yeah, I think with any habits, you you have to come up with some type of business system, a mental business system to tell you, like Richard said, either to tell you, hey, it's going to help me out in my year goals of my body or whatever it is. Like for me, what I like to always say is when I make a decision, whether it's with the gym or Nashville or like what we're doing, it's like, hey, is this going to matter in five years? Is this going to put me closer to my goal in five years? Or is this going to delay the process? Or is this going to completely not matter about anything, you know? So I think if you have something in place until it becomes a habit, which obviously there's other numbers out there that say you got to do it for a certain time, it doesn't matter. Until it becomes a habit, you have to continue to ask yourself of just the basics. Is this going to bring me closer to my goal or is it not going to bring me closer to my goal? And I think if you keep it that simple, it really is that simple. And people make it a lot more difficult. Um, it's just look at the thing. If it's food, hey, look at it. Is this, this is lined up with what I want to achieve in the next week, the month, the year, whatever you're trying to do to make small changes and eventually to lead to bigger changes. But I think that's a daily decision with business and other things in your life. It's like, hey, what have I set out for myself? And in order to keep myself on track, I need to almost audit myself. Hey, is this going to get me closer to where I want to be ultimately? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you got anything to add on that? No, no. I, I, I think that summed it up. There's not much more to add to that piece. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Richard, Ed, if we were to ask you, and this is, uh, we're wrapping up here, but if we were to ask you how you would want to be remembered when this is all said and done, you know, what is, I guess, in a brief statement, you know, how would, how would Richard Harris want to be remembered? Yeah, this is something I tell myself all the time because it, it helps. It's my why. All right. I, I tell people, if God forbid I leave this planet tomorrow, number one, my funeral's a two-shot minimum and anybody who cries is out of there because I want people celebrating my life, being happy, not sad that I'm gone. And number two, I'm serious about that two-shot minimum. So <laughs> yeah, I like that. Because I, like <laughs> I want this to be a party. Everybody better be happy and celebrating that. my life. But the second thing is I want them to say that Richard made a difference, that he made an impact, that he tried to make the world a better place. And that those around me were, were better because 
of the interactions that I had with them. That's what I want to be. And, and my mission, I feel like, is why God put me on this earth is just to try and make a difference. I love that. Very I love that. We appreciate your time. You know, Rich, this is our this is our first time meeting officially. If I'm in the Houston area, we'll definitely give you a shout. Hopefully, we can stay in touch as well. I love the mindset. Love with your what what you're doing on the podcast as well. We'll continue to follow your journey and uh, wish you all the best. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It's, you know, you didn't want to talk about anything else? Just let me know. I got a lot of things I could talk about. Awesome. Hey, yeah. first, hey, hey, hey first, first though, first though, uh, let everybody know where they can find you at. Yes. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at drharrismd. My podcast is called the Strive for Great Health Podcast. It's available on all major podcast platforms. And I'm actually pretty active on LinkedIn too. And that's also at drharrismd, or you can just look Dr. Harris. Awesome. Well, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. And as always, we love y'all. Until next time, peace.